0: What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light. Take time to chill. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere,
1: anywhere. Download in the App Store today. This is ESPN 1000 Chicago's home for sports.
0: Under the hood with Jonathan Hood, weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Have you missed the baseball show? If you're a Cubs fan or Sox fan or Major League Baseball fan, you should check out the baseball show. That's when we start at 6 o'clock, right after Wild and Sylvie. I'm there with the baseball show talking Cubs, talking Sox, talking Major League Baseball, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. And it's on the, uh, the app as well, the ESPN Chicago app. If you missed it, Look, the podcast is there for you. Check out the podcast. Just click the baseball show. Hear what we've been talking about if you missed it. The baseball show every night at 6 right here on ESPN 1000. Oh, it's that time. If it's 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock hour, uh, on, under the hood, that means we're talking football. You know why? Because, my friends, it is the summer. Of football, the summer of football. All you can ask for is another opportunity to play this game. It burns in me on ESPN. One thousand. We
1: don't know how many we got. I don't know how many I got. Make it, Cowboys. Mahomes flushed out again, turning the corner, fires
0: downfield, caught, on. touchdown. Only Mahomes. You throw the score, you run to win. And here's safe Barkley, and it's off to the
1: races. The thirty, the twenty.
0: The Summer of Football at eight. Oh, no. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Good
1: throw. Touchdown! Oh, Baked to Armstrong. Run. Book five. Book it to the end zone! Touchdown! Ian Book! burrow got time. Launching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown, Terrence Marshall. The Summer of Football with Jonathan Hood. Yeah! That's my dog! On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN
0: 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Oh, my friends, it is time for the summer of football with me, Jonathan Hood. Every night at 8 o'clock, I give you something football as we get closer and closer to football season, we we believe. And this is my favorite column all year. Every year, if you go through the archives of our podcast, you can find um, certain shows called the quarterback tears are here. And that is my favorite column. When Mike Sander worked for ESPN, now works for the Athletic. He brought that evaluation over to the Athletic. It's him talking to 50 NFL coaches and evaluators rated 35 veteran quarterbacks this year while providing candid evaluations that appear in the analysis. The process was simple. Coaches and evaluators placed each quarterback in one of five tiers from the best tier one to the worst tier five once ballots were collected results were averaged to create a ranking Uh, our unanimous tier one uh averages 1.00 while the lowest averaged uh 4.30 quarterbacks fell into tiers, and they talked about how many votes they received so who are the best quarterbacks? You re- Eric, do you have that column in front of you? Are you ready? Oh, I got it here. I got you know, it
2: this- printed it for some reason, and now I got like 57 pages in front of me.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's a dollar a page, by the way, in the good karma era. <laughs> yeah, All know. right, so are, so are you ready? You know this is my favorite column, right? You know I, I get jacked up for this.
2: I'm with you. I'm not going to lie. About two weeks ago, I went back just to look at the 2019 tiers, just to see like how right and how wrong they got it, and I, I, I love the tiers. It really is... The most fun article to go through every single year. So you know I'm going to talk about this for another month,
0: right? That's so, what it's <laughs> here for. Absolutely. <laughs> so so, the, so the, in the Tier 1 tier, if you've not seen this from the athletic.com from Mike Sando, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. He's tied, actually, with Russell Wilson. Interesting. Then in the Tier 1, Mahomes and Wilson are tied. And we know what Mahomes is about we know they just won the Super Bowl, tier one guy. But tied for with Russell Wilson, you know, the quote is, I think he does more for his team than anybody with a bad set of cards. What that comes to, Eric, is Russell Wilson has a rickety offensive line. Their Their offense is ordinary. But yet Russell Wilson finds a way to come back in games. As a matter of fact, uh, Counting playoffs, Wilson is seven and seven in his past fourteen starts when the Seahawks allowed more than twenty-four points. He was three and twenty-six in those games previously. Um, he actually is good to come back in games uh, when the defense wasn't holding up. So Wilson tied at one is interesting to me.
2: I don't feel like that it's it's you could argue Mahomes over him, but if there's one person that can pretty much do every single thing Patrick Mahomes can, it's Russell Wilson. So I really have no problem with him being tied. And that comment was saying he does the most with the the, the worst deck of cards. Couldn't be more realistic.
0: True, true. And that team will make the playoffs again. <laughs> but but there's a ceiling to their success, too. There's a good football team. Now they add Jamal Adams defensively, but again, um, we could talk about that another time. Because we got to focus on the tiers. Aaron Rodgers is number three on this list. Okay, I think that the arrow's pointing down for Rodgers, even though this is a team that could still win the division, but that's okay. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's a Hall of Famer. Also in Tier 1 is Drew Brees at 4, uh, Deshaun Watson at 5, and that's your t- your top-tier quarterback. So Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick mahomes Tier 1 quarterbacks. Okay. Interesting nugget was Deshaun Watson
2: in 2019's tier was a Tier 3 quarterback. Now he's all the way up to
0: Tier 1. I'm going to keep my eyes on that this year. That might have been a little early to go up Tier 1 already. uh, You know, I think it's a little high. I'll be honest. I think it's a little high. As much as people want to look at Deshaun Watson, I think that's a little high. And Bill O'Brien might have something to do with that. We will see this season. But I think it's a little high. Tier 2, Tom Brady. Fair. Lamar Jackson in Tier 2. From the Ravens. Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, in Tier 2. I'm
2: going to interrupt. Lamar, last year, before his MVP season, was in the lowest tier, Tier 4. And two's good. 2 is good. Again, what? I would have him over Deshaun Watson if we were going to throw him in Tier
0: 1. That's fair. That's fair. Lamar Jackson is show me again. And then then if he shows you again, he'll be a Tier 1 quarterback. I think that's only fair because I don't want to be the guy that says Lamar Jackson is great and then he regresses. It's the NFL. You expect him for, if not him, the Ravens to regress. So so maybe they don't roll off like a whole bunch of wins but still respectable and people take a side eye to Lamar Jackson like it's his fault. So uh, in tier two, he's got something to work with. That's fine. At least he's in the mix. He's not tier three or tier four. As you mentioned tier four last year. So again, for tier two, Brady, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, okay, at nine. Matt Ryan at 10 from Atlanta. Carson went to 11. Carson did more with less than any, uh, almost any quarterback in the NFL last year. You see that offense he had toward the end before he got hurt? Um, Dak Prescott is tier two. Phillip Rivers is tier two. So that was the tier two quarterbacks. Rivers at a tier two is a head scratcher for me, actually, Eric. Uh, don't believe that. I don't think last
2: like I don't think last season proved that he should be tier tier two anymore. He okay. made too many poor decisions and gave the ball away way too much for a team that was on
0: the cusp of competing for him to be in a tier two right now. Hall of Famer, yeah. Eventually Hall of Famer, but tier two, I don't think so. Um tier three, Kyler Murray. Boy, people are high on Murray. He's got but he gotta show it again. He was what tier he was not available. Uh, last year, so he was not in the tiers because this is his rookie campaign. But he's a tier three. The top of the tier three is Mer- Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins at fifteen, Jared Goff at sixteen, Jimmy Garoppolo at seventeen. Too high or, or just right for a Garoppolo? I feel or like too that's. Low.
2: I feel like that's the company he kind of deserves to be in. The Kirk mm. Cousins range, I think, is the range that he, he should land in. And I think Kirk Cousins' middle name is third tier.
0: <laughs> the 49ers have a 19-5 and five record when Garoppolo starts. Okay. He, again, a guy that was in the Super Bowl this past season, he's got a, a chance to grow. Maybe, maybe you're just you're crediting the tight end and the running game and not necessarily him.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think I'm giving too much credit or, or or enough credit, depending on who you think, to uh, Kyle Shanahan
0: is really okay. what it is. All right. Tannehill at eighteen in tier three. Cam Newton with the Patriots now at nineteen. Derek Carr at twenty. Baker Mayfield is a tier three. He was tier two last year, tier three this year at twenty one. Josh Allen is twenty two as a tier three. Teddy Bridgewater, not on the list last year at twenty three. Sam Darnold for the Jets, 24. Daniel Jones of the Giants at 25. Nick Foles of the Bears is 26. That was your Tier 3 quarterback. Would Foles be on the bottom of Tier 3?
2: I think a lot of those bottom Tier 3, I wouldn't necessarily consider Tier 3 quarterbacks. Foles, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones... Um, Bridgewater, maybe he hasn't proven a lot, but like those to me are not tier three type quarterbacks. I think they
0: may be in that tier four. The Bridgewater thing we have to um, keep our eyes on. You remember the reason why he's even going to start for Carolina is because he played so well with the saints. I mean, he beat the bears ass as you, if you remember, I believe he won five and oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, like, like, and, and you could say it's a system and not Teddy, but we're going to find out when he's with Carolina, a, a offensive friendly system, offensive friendly coach, We'll see. But he's in that tier three, and Nick Foles is at uh, number 26 overall. The Bears have two quarterbacks in the survey, and the highest-ranked one is not Mitch Trubisky. Foles, a spectacular run as the Eagles' Super Bowl-winning backup, uh, when contrasted with his failed stints as an opening week starter, cemented his reputation as the ultimate relief pitcher while giving him the edge over Trubisky among voters. I love the quotes here. The anonymous quotes. Ah, here we go, Eric. As bad as Trubisky is, I know Foles is even worse. Just watching him in Jacksonville last year. Said one defensive coordinator.
2: Boy, that sentence <laughs> right there It just explains what we're looking at for twenty twenty.
0: That Ooh. that one sentence is everything. He could have stuck to his backup role, coming as relief pitcher, but some guys like him and Ryan Fitzpatrick want to be starters and it gets them exposed. I want to curse there. Uh, You can win with him, but everything has to be right, and you have to play his type of offense. You saw what they did with him when they won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. They went back to Chip Kelly's offense a little bit with a lot of read option play action off the read option, and then they threw it when they had to throw it. Uh, If he has to throw it every down, you're going to lose games. And And an offensive... Uh, forward pass offense for the Bears. The guys, this this uh, personnel director says if, if Foles has to throw it every down, you're going to lose games. Alright, coming up next. So if we've gone through the first three tiers, where's Trubisky? Find out next for the Summer of Football with Jonathan Hood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. Middle of summer of football. My favorite column every year from Mike Sando from the athletic.com. The reason why it's my favorite is because we get a chance to see where the Bears quarterbacks are versus the best. And again, the best on this list it's players like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Deshaun Watson. That's the top tier, right? So we already gave you the thoughts for, about uh, Nick Foles. Foles. Is number 26 in this list. So now, Eric, we go to tier four. Marcus Mariota. Boy, he just... They'll never believe in him. He was tier three last year. Now he's tier four. Um, So he's 27th in this list. Tier four, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tyrod Taylor is 29. Drew Locke from Denver is 30th. Tied with Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars. And number 32... Mitchell Trubisky, tier four, number 32 overall. Well, let's read what people said about Mitch Trubisky. He had a legitimate skill set enough to be drafted in the first round, a head coach said. I don't think anybody will deny that. You just would have hoped a lot of these guys come in the league and they would get better incrementally. You just saw things on tape, saw some things uh, live where it wasn't getting better. And then the Bears saw that too. They can say what they want, but it's obviously why they brought in Foles. (laughs) The Bears have scored 17 or more points in only 57% of Trubisky's starts, counting playoffs. That ranks 22nd out of 23 quarterbacks with at least 32 starts over the past three seasons. The Raiders' Derek Carr is the only quarterback ranked lower. Mahomes leads the way at 97%. Oh, how about this from a defensive coach? I don't see an, uh, any elite trait, says a defensive coach. Trubisky doesn't have a great arm. Josh Allen has a freak show arm. Trubisky is an okay athlete, but he is not the super dynamic athlete. And it just goes on, and um, a GM says, I think he can function. Is he great? No. But is as bad as the media portrays him? No. That guy. That, that makes him a career backup.
2: Yeah, like that last statement is can he function? No, the media dumps on him too much, but he can't function. So what? What are we? What is the media supposed to do if he can't function? <laughs> okay, what? That that just screams a non-starter. Like it screams somebody who doesn't need to be
0: leading a team. Dude, like like he's thirty second, and you wonder like, what well, is there any more on the list? Hood, yes. Dwayne Haskins, who's, un, uh, the, who's unproven with Washington, at 33. Jared Stidham, who's not going to start for the Patriots at 34. Kyle Allen, who's not going to start for the uh, Panthers at 35. And that's the end of the list. He's 32nd out of 35 quarterbacks on these, this quarterback tiers list.
2: Out of the GMs and scouts and whoever all votes for this, eight of them voted him to be in Tier 5. There is no Tier 5. It doesn't even go that low. But 8 out of the 50 votes were to be in that lowest non-existent tier.
0: Wow. But the media is too hard on him. Here, let's just take a minute and think about this, right? The Bears have a backup who's eventually going to play, and Nick Foles at 26, and Trubisky at 32. We have Stacey Dales from the NFL Network on. Last week and talking about how Trubisky is working on you know working on his mechanics and trying to throw the ball longer, all that kind of stuff. Man, let me tell you something. Whatever happens this season, whenever we have our NFL season, Trubisky is going to start. I don't think there's any question he's gonna start. And, and and it's not because I'm like this over the top Trubisky fan. It's is because Foles is better coming off the bench. So why wouldn't you utilize him that way? And I know that you bring foals in because clearly you don't believe in Trubisky, but, but they're going to give Trubisky every opportunity to succeed or fail in the job. Why? Because Ryan Pace needs a win. Over the weekend, while I, when I was working with Dickerson, uh, also the story came in while we were on the air on Saturday afternoon about Adam Shaheen. Shaheen who I did not even understand from the get-go. Why is he even being drafted from Ashland College, right? I I understand Ashland Street on the south side. Uh, I've been at Ashland a lot there, but I've never seen that that college. And so you're taking a flyer on what what some call, quote-unquote, baby gronk or whatever the hell, right? And so Shaheen gets traded to Miami for pretty much nothing. So you draft him high because you're taking a flyer on someone from an unproven college, and he becomes nothing. So now you unload one tight end out of the clown car of tight ends that you already have. Good job, Ryan Pace. That's exactly what you want. You're trading him in the Saturday news dump so no one would notice that Shaheen's no longer with the football team. It's just, but then Trubisky, here he is, right? The, what's going what's gonna to happen is, is that there will be some that look at Trubisky, and say, well, you know, he really just didn't have the weapons. I mean, what was he supposed to do? I mean, he was with, with uh, you know, he's got Allen Robinson. That's just one wide receiver. But, I mean, there's you know, Anthony Miller. We don't know how good he could be. And then they didn't re- never had a tight end for him, didn't have a good running game. Offensive line was r- rickety. Uh, many teams have an issue with their offensive line, but they find a way to overcome. And for Trubisky, it's not just the city being down on him. It's just that the whole offense and while everyone is flourishing, while so many teams are flourishing offensively, find a way to get the ball in the end zone. The Bears are going sideways, sideline to sideline, instead of going into the end zone, trying to get points. That number, I will quote until the cows come home, of how the Bears scored 17 or more points in only 57% of Trubisky's starts, counting the playoffs. How, are the, how in the world are the Bears going to get better from that? They don't even have a, have a top Tier quarterback. That guy, as you mentioned, Eric, five or the eight tier five votes with no tier five. Unbelievable. So in that draft, crazy
2: first pick, uh, Ryan Pace trades up to take Mitch Trubisky, thirty second on this tier. Some people think he should be in a tier that doesn't exist. Second round pick. His next pick, he trades up to take Adam Shaheen, who now he trades and we get a six round pick back. So that whole draft completely just lighted on fire. It's done.
0: It's, it's a failure and a firing. It's, it's, it's
2: exactly what it's going to turn out to be. Yeah. Task two. It's firing. It's firing.
0: It, like, Bears are not going to win the division this upcoming season. They had to compete with the Vikings and the Packers. I don't believe in the whole Lions of getting better thing. They're probably getting better, but incrementally. But, you know, like, again, here's how I approach our Chicago sports teams. It's not based on the Packers or the Vikings. It's based on the NFC. And then it's based on the rest of the NFL. Think about Foles and Trubisky, how Foles have had, has had success coming off the bench, but limited, not the long time answer. Trubisky having trouble uh, being able to get this offense or try to get a semblance of offense more than 17 points a game. This is where we are right now. So this is reality smacking you in the face. That's why I love these quarterback tears and hear what other people say. It's one thing for Cap and Carmen and me and Sylvie and all these other people to to talk about Trubisky because we're close to it. You watch it every day. But the perspective of those that are watching this Bears team from outside of the state and saying, that guy sucks, that's all you need. It's one thing for me to say it because I'm telling you the truth. You've seen it. And even for any Trubisky truther that just thinks, well, he could get better. Well, let's see it. Everyone else says, you know, that he's got an issue. This offense has an issue with him under center. So it just, we'll talk about this because I'll be talking about this for another month. Um, seriously, because I think it's fascinating. 32nd Trubisky. This will be the undoing of Ryan Pace. It really will. Uh, The news coming across about uh, Rick Renneria, he is not positive for COVID-19. He will return to manage tomorrow the doubleheader for the Sox against the Indians. Um, He went there because he had issues with, um, it seemed like he had an issue with um, a nasal congestion and had a little bit of a cough. So he wanted to make sure that wasn't COVID-19 and it was not. And so he went to the hospital, but he's going to manage tomorrow uh, for the White Sox. Uh, One of the huge icons uh, in America, John Lewis passed away. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Congressman Lewis coming up next as part of our Tales from the Hood segment right here on UTH.
1: This is Chicago's
0: home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new
1: ESPN Chicago app. You're listening
0: to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Boomt, boomt, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Um, A a really solemn day, Uh, not just today, but the last week or so regarding John Lewis, the son of Sharecroppers who survived a brutal beating by police during a landmark 1965 march in Selma, Alabama to become a towering figure of the civil rights movement and longtime U.S. congressman. He passed away after a six-month battle with cancer uh, at the age of 80. Kevin Merida, the senior vice president and editor-in-chief of The Undefeated, TheUndefeated.com. Go to his column and uh, read Kevin's thoughts about the late... Uh, John Lewis, he joins me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, Kevin Jonathan Hood, thanks so
1: much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I want to get your thoughts on, on you meeting John Lewis, because I'd love to know what it was like to be in the same proximity to such a historical figure like John.
1: Well, I, I think you, I met uh, Congressman Lewis before he was a congressman, when he was running for Congress in Atlanta, against Julian Bond his his really good friend uh and and civil rights uh colleague you know uh back in 1986 and it was really a uh a, an historic you know congressional match and and really bitter in many ways because you know they fought it was a hard fought competition some things were said in that campaign and you you had people on both sides that knew each other and uh it took a while to re- repair that that friendship and and Lewis emerged and and won that race and never looked back and um you know remained in congress uh throughout that whole time I was a young political reporter then and so it was one of the early kind of you know national races that I covered I was working at the Dallas Morning News at the time mm-hmm. and at over time, you know, when you when you meet someone when they're coming up, you know how it is. It's the same with sports. You meet people when they're coming up, and, and then you're able to maintain relationships throughout the course of, of their careers if they rise and get larger and larger. I mean, you know, Lewis had made his reputation. Uh, he certainly had, had tremendous sacrifice as a, as a young civil rights leader um, with the— uh, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and certainly as a, uh, a a confidant of Kings and advisor, Lieutenant of Kings, but um, when when he got to be in Congress, um, his history and and his weight just kind of expanded, you know, and and, and they often called him the conscience of Cong- of Capitol Hill, and and he was somebody who, because of of all of his activity in the civil rights movement as you uh mentioned skull was fractured and beaten on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma uh but many other times I think he was re- he was arrested something like 40 times in in the 6-year period in the 1960s he he was um really sacrificed, and I think there was was great respect for him because of that it was that he had uh helped to to change the country and there was reverence for him Uh, in his workplace.
0: Kevin, what did you learn from him on a personal level?
1: Well, I, I thought he was always down to earth and, and someone who didn't really change, you know, he, he didn't fundamentally change. He was, he he came with, with grace and humility and, and as someone who, you know, um, did not like, Wear his gravitas on his sleeve, you know. He he walked lightly, you know. And I I thought it was an important thing, and uh, you know, in in, and, and just from the human race standpoint, that you know, I never saw him uh, look away from any anybody. No one was more important than than another person in a room, no matter how big the room was, how many luminaries. He was always accessible to people, you know. uh... You know, there's a great scene, you know, uh, in in Don Porter's really brilliant documentary, um, John Lewis, Good Trouble, mm-hmm. um, that uh, he, w- where he's dancing to Pharrell's Happy, you know, and <laughs> and it's just kind of like a sweet moment, you know. I don't I don't think Lewis would say he's the greatest dancer in the world, but it's just it's just it was a reflection of just. How he was—he was just comfortable in his skin, comfortable around everyone. And um, you know, i, I saw him. I—I'm not sure if this was the last time. It was in 2018. Was it was it was a while because I'm—I'm not covering Capitol Hill. I, as you as you know I'm with ESPN, and in mm-hmm. the times that I get to see him or not, if if I bump into him and I and I in places in D.C. Um, but during 2008 uh, commencement uh, address at Boston university. Um, you know, he, I'm a Boston university trustee and we were, um, you know, I, w- I was around them and I, I could, I had a great view as a trustee from watching behind him and watching him address the crowd. So I could see the reaction, you know, of the kids. And, and afterwards, you know, we, we had a few words, uh, and that, and that one, I did take a picture of with him. I usually didn't do things like that, but, but it was something about you know you you have, you know, instinct that when you're around, you know, people that, that are historic figures are not around, not gonna be around forever, you know, and, and uh, you know, we took a picture. He, he and my wife uh, and me, and, um, and he said something to me that really you know, touched me, told my my wife, and I don't think he had met my wife at that point before Donna, and he said that, you know, this man right here, you know, I've been knowing him for many, many years, and he had never changed. And it was irony because that's what I thought about him, you know, <laughs> that he had never changed, you know. And and uh, I just thought that, you know, when you, you know, a lot of times when, you uh, know, I've covered politicians and many, people over time and i have seen people change you know i've seen people the bigger they are you know they get less accessible and and it's understandable whether you're you know a hollywood figure or athlete uh or people who are in the public eye sometimes the public eye you know um alters who you are and how you present to the public but i never saw i never saw them change that way
0: Kevin Merida from the undefeated.com with Jonathan hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. When you hear that phrase, good trouble, what does that phrase mean to you?
1: Well, it means that, you know, sometimes you have to shake up the system. You have to disrupt uh, the status quo, you know, and, and, and it was one of his favorite phrases, you know, to get in good trouble. It was like, yeah, we, we're going to get in trouble, but it's, it's, it's trouble that's going to lead to good you know sometimes you have to to do things to shake up shake up your country shake up your community you know shake up your workplace you know and and to do something that's gonna to, gonna to make us all better and I, and i think he he certainly you know he spilled a lot of blood of, of his blood you know to to help make this country better and and uh... you know we we can just be be grateful that of his service and you know, uh, he wasn't alone. There are many, many, you know, luminaries of the civil rights movement, people who are foot soldiers out there on the streets, marching, and and really, you know, giving their their lives to 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 help us. And so, hey, we we could we could be sitting here having a good conversation, Jonathan, me and you. You know, right? And that and that's uh, that's not to be taken for granted. You know, I, I know I don't, and and sometimes I think in this you know, microwave society where we, we get upset when people get trolled on Twitter and in feelings hurt. and You know, you, you have to kind of sometimes just think that there were people who, um, you know, they had to, to be fearful of their lives, you know, just, just to, to go into a store or, or uh, you know, Thurgood Marshall trying to, you know, go into a, a courtroom and come into a town to challenge Jim Crow legally and and under death threat and people would sneaking in the, in the homes and and uh in our profession you know even you know those who covered the civil rights movement you know particularly black journalists going down south and places not being able to stay everywhere uh having to be careful uh and and reporting under under fear of of hey maybe them getting lynched so you know it's it's a it's, uh, it's a long way from uh you know, being trolled, right, on yeah, social probably. media. And, and John Lewis, certainly, he gave the ultimate sacrifice. You know, he, he, gave, he ultimately gave his, his life, you know, and, and um, so that we could have a better life.
0: Kevin, it's interesting. In your piece, uh, John Lewis lived a life of grace and humility. The civil rights icon led until he could lead no more. It's up to us now. That's on com right now. What resonated with me in the piece is what you talked about uh, regarding Boston University, uh, how John resonated with young people. Uh, the idea that uh, John Lewis is a civil rights icon is one thing, but it it goes to show you, and just yet another example, is that young people do pay attention, uh, and, and you can see the marches across this country. In Portland, by the way, their their porch light's still on, Kevin. They're, every night there's something happening and popping off in, in Portland regarding Black Lives Matter. I just wonder what John toward the end would have thought about what's going on now and whether or not he had a thought of what could be the future bring when it comes to black lives matter the movement the marches uh, and things that are happening in our communities
1: yeah and in, and even though in the last months of, of, of his life and he, he was frail and 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 not is getting around as much but he did make his way out you know and to, um, to be among the, the protesters I know, in, in D.C., and um, I think he had great admiration for the young people who were coming up. Uh, they were doing a lot of the things that that he was doing. You know, he was a really young guy when he first started. He was in his teens, mm-hmm. and, and and he was running. He spoke on the march on Washington. You know, uh, one of the landmark wa- marches in this country. He was 23 years old. You know, uh, and and we forget how young. Uh, of the these leaders were and 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 that and we see a lot of this out in the streets to, today and in, in different places in in the wake of uh, uh Brianna Taylor's uh killing and George Floyd's killing and ahmad Arbery we see uh a lot of young people, you know, um doing the same kinds of things that that um, the protesters uh of a different generation were and I think there's a lot of reverence um certainly from those who are organizers of black lives matter movement and other, other protesters, I think great reverence for, for John Lewis. And, and, uh, I know there are a lot of young people over time that, uh, you know, like to talk to, to Lewis. Um, you know, there was a really interesting, just segue in a bit, Jonathan, an interesting, uh, interview, uh, my friend Roland Martin had with, um, where he had talked to Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and he connected them together. Colin Kaepernick and and John Lewis, and wanted to, uh, uh, they wanted to meet each other, and they did by phone. And 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 Roland connected them phone to phone. John Lewis was with with Roland, and he had Kaepernick on the phone, and it was, you could just see that mutual respect of 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 just from those two and and what Colin Kaepernick had done. Uh, by making his protests in the NFL and what and what John Lewis had done many years before it was a mutual mutual respect.
0: You know Kevin I found earlier today I was looking up where John Lewis was on the card for the uh, March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in 63. Mm-hmm. So John Lewis was 6th on the on the bill and Dr. King was 16th. It's just mm-hmm. you know it, it's just a amazing I'm yeah. sure for John Lewis to be first of all on on that bill. The yeah. other thing is that I would never want to be a uh, Philip Randolph for Doctor uh, Doctor Mays <laughs> after Doctor King because I would not know what to say after no, King spoke. No, not at all.
1: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to be at uh, uh, any of those. Uh, absolutely not. That is
0: uh, that is amazing to see John a uh, young John Lewis. It, it just it shows also the confidence that King and, and that circle had in John Lewis for him to be able to speak on such an occasion in 63.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think that there, you know, this has been written about a lot, that there was questions and, you know, worry from, from, uh, you know, the white house and that this would, would hurt, uh, that John Lewis was going to say something really fiery and incendiary. And they, they begged him, you know, so that that uh, uh, you know Kennedy could get a little more room, you know, the Kennedy Johnson administration get a little more room and and try to uh, you know uh, persuade the votes that they needed to to pass some of the civil rights laws that came later. Um, and and Lewis talks about how they had gotten to him. It's interesting that that at the time, you know, he was. He was seen as somebody to to have to worry about, you know, uh, and I think in later years, you know, I think Lewis was was seen probably as more of a of somebody that could be uh, a, a peacemaker and 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 not, you know, the way he was thought of back then, and and I think time over time certainly, you know, Lewis even in Congress he certainly, you know, he's he was somebody that stood up to 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 everyone but over time i think that there was this he had achieved a kind of stature that regardless of whether or not you were his opponent uh across the aisle he was somebody that people you know revered you know there there was a there was a respect at least that hey he had been some places and done some things and had had some experiences that others didn't in congress and so there was a certain kind of level of okay we're we have we have opposition here we don't agree but we do have mutual respect for uh, and you saw this by the way when he died you know you mm-hmm. saw republicans democrats you saw all kinds of people speaking out um former president george w bush and and others uh speaking admirably of of john lewis
0: uh, lastly, for someone who worked at Capitol Hill, I have to ask you because you just mentioned it. Um, how often was it for someone of, of Lewis's ilk to be able to cross the aisle and to be able to get things done? You know, Lewis did not attend, I want to say Bush's inauguration and definitely not President Trump's inauguration, right. but yet he still was crossing the aisle to be able to get things done, including the uh, the museum in the black museum in uh, Washington, D.C., if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, um, you know, g- Congress is a very polarizing place. I mean, you know, politics in general is much very polarizing. um Kind of institution very, very difficult to to get things done, um, and that's been regardless of what party's been in in office and control what house and control what presidency. It's just been it's just been hard to do. And but but I think one thing about John Lewis, and you mentioned the museum because that is a a really important um, institution, and mm-hmm. and the uh, Museum of, of African American History. Uh, and, and culture um, on the mall. Uh, to have that building on the mall as a as a testament to to the the struggle and 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 progress and and ultimately uh, for for African Americans in the country, um, is really it's really something special. You know, there are not many places. The National Mall, and it's it's in a prime location uh for all of those and people travel all over the world you know if when dignitaries come in uh, presidents and and prime ministers and other people is one of the places that people want to come see and and I think that you know it, it took something like 15 years for John Lewis and certainly others to 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 uh, press for the authorization to to create that museum but but it was a, a tremendous achievement that it does exist
0: the piece is entitled john lewis lived a life of grace and humility that is on the undefeated.com uh, check out the column written by our guest kevin merida kevin i'm glad you spent some time with us in chicago this is uh, a sad day for many of us uh for someone who uh was cast such a wide shadow when it comes to civil rights and more so i'm glad you spent some time with me here in chicago
1: well, thank you, Jonathan. and appreciate you having me.
0: Kevin Merida with us from TheUndefeated.com on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.